Blog Talk Radio. There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man, a lot of time. Which direction we are going? Narrative Camino. It would have been DWI. have reached a tipping point. Good evening, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. It is time once again for the tipping point. Our special guests, C-Nick and Logan Creed, are going to help me and Larry break down the awards. But Larry, we're jumping right into it. We're going to have... Todd Sexton, clearly the front runner for Booker of the Year this year, and he's going to be on. What's he going to be talking about, Larry? Well, we got a little run-in tonight by Mr. Todd. He's going to talk a little Southern nice. Pride and the continuation of holiday Thanksgiving holiday wrestling in Georgia, which uh, Southern Pride's doing this year. But why should I talk about it? Let's have Todd talk about it. He's Absolutely. here right now. Todd Sexton joining the Tipping Point. How you doing, sir? I'm all right, guys. How are y'all doing? Good. Good. Doing Good. great, Todd. Todd, Thanksgiving happening. Please tell us about it. Well, we're going to do um, our second show um, in a row for Thanksgiving, and we want to do something special for Charles. And it was Charles's yeah. uh, what seemed like a crazy idea to run Thanksgiving, so I thought it was good to um, uh, tribute to him on um, on that night. So what is happening on Thanksgiving night on a Charles? So we are doing a Charles Anschutz Memorial Tournament, an eight-man tournament, uh, which will also be uh, the winner will also receive the Phase 1 trophy. And also we have a um, crazy match uh, where Adrian Hawkins will take on Bobby Moore. And if Bobby wins, Adrian is gone from Southern Fry. But if Adrian wins, Bobby has to go back to the approved. Um, and oh. there's no disqualification, no count out. Mm. Nicely mm. done. Mm. Uh, Todd, real quick, um, how's it been without Charles? Clearly, you know, as creatively, booking-wise, you've been on an absolute tear. What has the mood been in the locker room? What has the morale been like at Southern Fried? You're right there in the middle of all of it. Very positive. Um, David, you know, took it. Uh, David Manders took it and ran with it. Very, he's very enthusiastic, very passionate, very aggressive. When we had issues with the, our usual building, he went right out and didn't miss a beat and found us the uh, home at the Boys and Girls Club in Monroe. And um, just everything, you know, he is, he he is, you know, couldn't have couldn't have been a better person to take over, honestly. And the morale with the guys, the guys, it's been tremendous. Great. Todd, so, anything you can uh, clue us in on about where Southern Fried might be headed in the coming month or over 2019? Um, hopefully bigger and better without giving too much away and stuff. I mean, you know, we have been on a tear um, creatively, attendance-wise, show quality, 
you know, everything's been real positive, and we just want to keep, you know, growing as much we can with what we're doing and stuff. I mean, I'm not looking for anything like TV or anything like that because that just doesn't interest me at all. But I like us doing what we're doing in the theater we have where it's just a ring and a microphone. And the more people there, the better. Yeah. So tell us about Thursday. Um, what time does it start? Let's like get the nuts and bolts stuff definitely out of the way. How can people get tickets, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, tickets, they can uh, go to the Southern Fried fan page and do what? And notify Angela Fields for tickets. Front row has already been sold out. Um, and um, it starts at 7 o'clock Thanksgiving night. Um, eight-man tournament for first-round matches to semifinals and finals. Um, first round is Jacob Ashworth and Marvelous Michael Stevens. Then Strict Nine versus Drew Blood, Alan Angels versus Outlaw Josie Quinn, and Michael Judas versus Anna Ramone. So it should be a good quality uh, tournament. Everybody's won qualifying matches to get involved, so everybody's pretty excited. Excellent. Nice. Well, Todd, one, one last question. You know, later on we're, we're going to be talking about the awards, and it seems like things are going to be really topsy-turvy. Very few people who won last year, I think, are going to win this year. So we're going to have a crop of new people. But you were co-winner, and then this year, I, I got to say, you're the front runner, uh, front runner to win Booker. What's a, what's somebody that you've had a chance to work with at Southern Fry that you know very well that you think should be up for consideration in an award that maybe most people aren't thinking of right now? I know that's a big question. Uh, it is a big question. Uh, first off, most improved, Kenji Bria. Oh, um, see, that's a great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, tag team of the year, uh, approved, which I consider all three of them a part of, um, which many people may not think of, but both Bobby and Kenji and Southern Fried, Adrian and Bobby and Anarchy were killing it. Um, wrestler of the year, I couldn't even tell you because we got so many, whether it's Adrian Hawkins, Corey Hollis, Logan Creed, I cross Michael Judas, Billy Buck. I mean, my God, wrestler of the year. I can't figure out um, where to go on that one. Um, but that's probably the one, the dark horse is Kenji Bria most improved and Dr. Brock for manager of the year, because I think he's, you know, with Jeff G Bailey, no longer working. That opens up the, the <laughs> field there for the first time in many years. It does. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, Larry, any last questions for Todd? Well, I, you know, you mentioned about just doing it with a ring and a microphone and not being interested in TV for Southern Fried. How does that sort of like impact what you present versus what Action presents or Anarchy presents, who are you know putting it on you know on Powerbomb and Fight TV and so forth? I don't know. Maybe it is, you know, I mean, to say I'm old school is a little ridiculous considering, you know, I mean, when I think of old school, I think of, you know, old school. But the the fact is, is like, I like how we can get the emotion that we can without the special effects. And that's not a knock on anybody who uses the special effects. It's really not. But I take pride in the fact that, you know, with the ring and a microphone, we can get that crowd all fired up. And there's always new ways to do the same old tricks. You know, and without having to do – although we did something new when we did the contract signing. We posted online for 
Adrian and Bobby, and that was something different we usually don't do um, for an internet presence and stuff. So that's maybe a test to see if that affects, creates buzz, or helps ticket sales or what have you. But I really, you know, I, and also the headache, because I've worked over at Anarchy. The headache when it comes to television and all that stuff, it's just some, another, you already got enough problems as it is putting on a show. When you add all that other stuff into it, I better get a huge pay raise. <laughs> well, excellent, Todd. I mean, it's it's nice, you know, wrestling on Thanksgiving. It's a very traditional wrestling thing, and it's nice that you guys are doing it, and I wish you all the success. And who knows, in very short order, we might be talking to you when we announce the winners of the awards. So, but I, I appreciate you all saying that. <laughs> thank you, guys, and yes, thank sir. you for giving me time on the show. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Sure. Thanksgiving. Yeah. See you all then. Thank you. Larry, good. Are you going there on Thanksgiving? Most likely, yeah. I got a real early Thanksgiving dinner. My sister-in-law's got it like at noon, which I couldn't uh-huh. believe. But anyway, yeah, so I have – I will probably – I might even bring my nephew out there if he hasn't been to a wrestling show ever. This might be a good one to go to. So we'll see. But most likely I'm going white to be people, White people are pretty wacky about Thanksgiving. Like that's one thing I noticed when I came to the mainland in Hawaii. We kind of just did Thanksgiving. I mean, that was just my family maybe, but we, we did it around dinner time. But, yeah, all of a sudden on Thanksgiving everything happens at these sort of screwy hours, like from like noon till 4. You know, like people right. do Thanksgiving. Uh, very interesting. I'm, I'm, I guess it's a way to make the day special, and then, they, you know, you can kind of work around football, and you can do all this other kind of stuff. So I guess I yeah, get it, but I always the, find that very interesting. For me, it used to be the, the, the Atlanta Mac half marathon in the morning and then Thanksgiving in the afternoon, and then when they had it, wrestling it on Thanksgiving night, which they used to, of course, have it at the, at the Omni back way back in the day. We're back oh, in the day. Larry, so, I got I gotta ask you about that, Larry. So before we have Logan Creed and see Nick on and talk about the awards, what's a Thanksgiving wrestling memory that you can remember? Because you've been to so many great shows and that kind of thing. Um, well, they used to do the tag team tournament um on Thanksgiving back in the Georgia championship mm. wrestling days and just some of the great teams that would come in for that, like the funks and you'd see all kinds of people in, in those, in those tournaments. And of course, you know, that you'd pack the place out. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I want to say the famous Starcade show was on Thanksgiving um, with the Tully Blanchard um, Magnum TA. I quit. I want to say that was on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's, that's I remember, I'll, I'll never forget that. I remember um, our unabashed excitement. I was talking about this the other day with a friend of mine because they were like, "What's the first pay per view that you remember ordering?" And I'm like, "We we we would go to the WrestleManias at on like closed circuit, but WrestleMania three was the first one." that we got on pay-per-view at the house. And it was a pain in the ass. You had to go get this special box for your cable box that would unscramble it. It was 1995. Can you imagine that? 1995. And then, you know, we're so excited. 
but um, but we would get the biggies. And I remember, you know, Survivor Series was always my personal favorite. You know, a lot of people love the Royal Rumble now in that way, you know, where they go like, I actually like it better than WrestleMania. My, I loved the Survivor Series format. I loved that, you know, WCW slash NWA would kind of go to war with the WWF. And, you know, they do Clash of Champions. Like, you know, they would kind of go back and forth at each other. I loved all of it. So Thanksgiving became wrestling day for me, which was very yeah. exciting. Because I, I really wasn't a football guy. So I was much more prone to get excited about, you know, the Hulkamaniacs versus the whatever. Like, I, you know, my friends and I would, we'd gamble. <laughs> we'd gamble, like, how many people were going to survive, which team was going <laughs> to win, who were going to be. Like, we would bet on everything and anything when it came to Survivor Series and just have a great time. So I'm glad that there's a promotion that's running on Thanksgiving, and hopefully they yeah. do very well on it. Yes. Uh, th- thanks to Charles, that was brought back after being uh, away for a long time. So thank you, Charles, for that one. You know, it, it's it's an interesting thing. You know, we're talking about Todd Sexton as sort of the, the runaway guy for Booker. The only other award I see as a, as a dead-on lock is probably Charles for promoter. Um, those are the two that I see as sort of clear locks. Now, I could be completely wrong. Goodness knows, you know, predictions aren't always our strong suit, but – uh, I'll be interested to see what C-Nick and Logan Creed have to say about that, uh, amongst other things. So, Absolutely. Hey, before we bring them on, I, and actually I don't see them in, yeah. the, in the queue yet, so we've got, we got a minute here. You know, another, if we could just do another throwback thing for a second here. Over the Please. weekend I went down to WrestleMerica and saw um, Simon Sermon and Scotty Beach do a Texas bull rope Oh, match, my God. Which, of course, they were both trained by Dusty Rhodes. So that was sort of uh, special that two Dusty yeah. Rhodes trainees did it. But the other thing that I, dawned on me later was that the um, first time I went to wrestling in Atlanta, there was a bull rope, Texas bull rope match on the card. It was Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. And it was the, wow. first, time, the first time I ever saw a Texas bull rope match because there was no such thing in Chicago as a Texas bull rope match. First time I ever saw Ric Flair wrestle and of course this match was not even on the top of the card this was like a feature match and of course needless to say that's one of the things i remember from that first night i said well i was curious i was wondering when did when was that so i went back and looked it was december yeah. 9th 1977 <laughs> <laughs> i was five so, Larry, I, I remember a Thanksgiving card that I went to live. You want to hear about this? Yeah, so I was living in Hawaii, and uh, it was Polynesian wrestling, but really in conjunction with, get this, New Japan. And the main event was Kerry Von Erich against Ric Flair. I mean, uh-huh. it was in Aloha Stadium, and it was packed and not just not just packed with like japanese tourists there to see the japanese wrestlers not just packed with like wrestling fans in general to see carrie von eric and rick flair that stadium i would and then now this is you know a younger me through that vision the sort of like rose-colored glasses 
But a lot of people were there to see the undercard because Polynesian, you know, they had a weekly television show. They ran shows on the regular around Hawaii. And a lot of people were there to see the undercard with the Polynesian wrestlers. What a cool thing. Apparently, yeah. it was something that they wanted to happen more, but uh, the Maivias, Leah Maivia in particular, uh, apparently would do these sort of strong arm tactics. Yes, that Leah Maivia, like grandmother for Hawk, um, would, you know, extort money out of the Japanese promotions that wanted to run. And they, apparently they were just very hard to deal with. They were technically part of National Wrestling Alliance. So that yeah. smoothed some things over. Um, but apparently that was something that came to light, not recently, but in the last like 15 years, it's sort of come to light that Liam Ivia used to do all these kind of strong arm tactics to any kind of well, promotion from abroad that wanted to run. So one qu- more question before we go to our guests, what kind of crowds did those yeah. uh, shows draw? How big? You know, it's, it's very much in the vein of uh, think world-class, you know, how world-class at their peak, they would do incredibly well with those Texas stadium shows. And then as the promotion withered and died, so went, you know, Christmas yeah. Star Wars, right? Where they started with these incredibly huge crowds and then it ended up, you know, they weren't even putting 6,000 people in the stands for, you know, Fritz, like coming out of a heart attack and wrestling again. So, mm-hmm. it, so it went in Hawaii. They would do a pretty good job filling up most of Aloha Stadium. But by, you know, a couple of years after that show that I saw, it was in a def they definitely like hit the rocks, you know. Uh and it happened when it when it happened, it happened fast. I, I hope that someday somebody, yours truly or whoever, writes a book or does something about sort of the rise and fall of Polynesian wrestling. Because it's fascinating. The people that I got to see because of their crossovers with Japanese promotions, um, people like Kevin Sullivan. Um, who were kind of mainstays there with Fallen Angel and all of that kind of stuff. It it makes for a very, I'm sure, the stories behind the scenes. You know, Ripper Collins, who was one of the one of the big names, who ended up being he was a kind of a child molester. Like, there's just it, it's just like the good, the bad, and whatever of wrestling was sort of encapsulated at Polynesian, and you know, all the good wrestling books. They always have stories about Hawaii, right? Yeah, Hard, yeah, Gary yeah. Hard. Like, everybody's always got a story about Hawaii because it was its own sort of weird animal. Um, and someday I'll tell the story about how I almost got into wrestling earlier when I was 18 through an encounter that I had with Lars Anderson, who was sort of a big wig in oh, Hawaii. Oh, yeah, wrestling. Lars. Well, we, we mm-hmm. must return to that. We'll have to come back around to that yes. one. For yes, sure. Sir. Oh, we have our guests. Our guests have arrived. We're Would joined you like now to by them? Hello? Yes, I will do that. We're joined now by wrestling personality. We joked about what to call him, but wrestling personality. He's been a booker. <laughs> he's been he's been doing some managing. But he's seen Nick. Welcome to the tipping point. Hey, thank you all for having me. Sure. Yeah, man. <laughs> What's going on? I, and, it's always a pleasure to talk to the current biggest shit starter in Georgia wrestling. I love it. <laughs> well, I, I always, I always love the guy that's in the middle swinging. 
Um, see, Nick, <laughs> is, that, is that a fair thing for me to say? I mean, I'm definitely at this stage on the outside looking in, but I do kind of follow everything that goes on. It seems like you're getting into squabbles here and there. I mean, is that a fair assessment or is that fake news and I'm just making something out of nothing? It's more in line of people come in to attack me because how dare this younger guy who hasn't been in for 20 years get all these opportunities and different things. And, yeah. You know, I've been quiet about it for years. I've been having all these things. But lately, you know, if I'm attacked, hey, I give them a little response and they just don't like it. <laughs> well, I can relate, um, definitely. Uh, you know, I I know what it's like to be the guy that kind of comes in, apparently from nowhere. I mean, obviously you didn't appear out of thin air, and people look for any excuse to sort of badmouth you or knock you down. I do have to say one thing, though, and, and you may disagree with me on this. So okay. first off, let me just say as my caveat, Paul Lee is a piece of shit. Hate Paulie, would love to have him on as a guest just so he and I could go at it. That guy is ridiculous and horrible, and I love Ric Flair, which means I hate him all the more. Um, I got to say, though, I don't think when he said, you know, if you want to shoot Luke in the mirror, um, that he meant that in a racial way. This is not to say that Paulie isn't a racist. I don't know either way. Um, I, if I looked at my Magic 8 ball, it would probably say signs point to yes. As far as Paulie being a racist, I, <laughs> I would say that he did. I don't think he's smart enough to mean that in a racial context, frankly. Um, so, <laughs> I don't think he thought about it that far. Um, but that said, what's, what's, oh, your, what's your gripe with, uh, what's, your, what's your beef with Paulie? What's your beef with Paulie? Besides the I obvious. Too, I don't want to go too far in it, but I will say for me as, okay. a, as a person of color, when I hear yes, sir. something like what he said, it is offensive. It is racial. Whether he, quote unquote, man to be or not, obviously he re- he recognized it or he wouldn't have deleted the post. Just saying. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So what's, so what's, the, what's, the, what's the beef about? Yeah. Um, it started with him trying to pull me from Southern Fried about a little bit over a year ago, and he's being real obnoxious and what's you know putting down the promotion, all this stuff. And I just thought of that as a crappy way to do business. And for one, the approach as well, it wasn't business like at all. And I'm I'm kind of the person of the mindset where. I don't care what it is for wrestling. It's for business. You got to conduct things a certain way. You don't come in like a like an a hole and you mm-hmm. know and dictate to people. It doesn't work that way. So from that left a bad taste in my mouth. Then some of my friends weren't being paid by him, et cetera, et cetera. He lived up to every story I ever heard about him. God tried yeah. to give every single person a chance, but you know there are exceptions there. <laughs> And, um, you know, I always had that opinion of him. And when I was asked on the now infamous podcast about him, I, I've i held back for years. I've only named really two, you know, a few people that I've ever kind of – that I've never wanted to kind of see or work with. But, if you know, I've yeah. had two in the locker room. You know, you got no choice. But I always named Paulie. He's one of those people. Um, Who's the other? Out of, <laughs> who's the other out of curiosity? 
Uh, well, to not take, to not get into any more storms, I'm going to plead a fifth on that one. But okay. very good. Also, legendary <laughs> about that person. So very good. Ask around. Okay, take the high road. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. What? So, see, Nick, before before we bring Logan Creed on, um, would you agree? Uh, my my contention right off the jump is that the awards are really up for grabs this year. Except, I would think. I mean, this is just a prediction of mine. I think Todd's going to probably run away with Booker. This is not me saying, by the way, that that's who I would vote for. I I don't vote right. every year. You can ask Larry. I try to stay out of it. I'd say that Todd is kind of a lot for Booker and uh, Charles for promoter. Would you agree with those? Or at, at the very least, do you think there's other names that definitely deserve mention in the nomination process? I definitely think Charles deserves I – mean, he he's done an incredible thing for Georgia wrestling. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'll, go, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go this far. And the war yeah. should be named after him. In honor of him, that's how much he was. He was a mentor to me. He he brought me into business, recognized what I can do, gave me an opportunity. We used to always book the um, Thursday night shows together, and uh, we we'll always have talent discussions. And he would he would trust me. And you know you don't get that a lot, especially from people that've been in the business for a while. Yeah. And for him to just you know open arms, bring me in, I'll never forget that. And that's why everything I do, there's um, ringing out and managing whatever I dedicated to him. Nice. So I would love for him to be mentioned or nominated something. I truly believe he deserves it. Well, that's certainly an idea to consider. We've got a precedent. We, the, the Technician Award is now named after Kyle Matthews. There's been discussion oh, of naming nice. the Managerial Award after Jeff Bailey. So, um Thanks for bringing that Ooh. up. Yeah, uh, love me some Jeff Bailey. Another inspiration. I'm a, I'm a big fan of. I mean, I haven't really floated this idea by Larry, so I'm just going to surprise him with it right now. I, I, I think Larry has done such a bang up job, and, and the and the people that helped him before with the whose names are on those awards. I'm of the mm-hmm. mind that having somebody sort of from a an earlier era. And then the modern era together is a great thing. So, like, I adore Gary Hart, but, you know, Gary, Jeff G. Bailey is in many ways sort of the Gary Hart of the sort of the last 20 years, let's say. And, you know, oh, absolutely. Tommy Rich, obviously for a male performer, is phenomenal in his prime. Who would, who would be with him in the modern era? I think that's a, always a good sort of litmus test on who deserves people's votes. And I think if people had that in mind, you know, whose who's name mo- would most deserve to be on the award with the legend that's on there already, I think people's voting would be a lot less screwy and we'd have a lot less, you know, whatever the, yeah. the promotion de rigueur, trying to, like, force their people in. I hate that stuff with a pa- – what <laughs> league was it last year? They're just like, we're going to vote ourselves. And it's like – Oh, sit and spin. It's the only wrestling award that matters in the state, and it deserves people's like serious consideration. So, I absolutely agree. Larry, so, um, so is Logan Creed ready to go yet? 
Logan Creed is is re- more than ready to go. He's 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 in the room. Welcome, Logan Creed, current Anarchy Steven. champion, heavyweight champion, triple crown champion. Excuse me. Welcome to the show, Logan Excuse Creed. Excuse me. And one of Phoenix buddies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's going on, with Steven? Always good to talk to you. What's going on, Logan? Uh, all right, gentlemen and Larry. So I'm just we're just go we're just gonna get into the thick of it. Now Logan Creed, having you on was my idea. You're somebody to me that um you're just a guy that's I don't know how a guy like you continues to improve. Honestly, I don't see where you had more to go, but but you do it every year. Um you're you wrestle everywhere, everybody recognizes how great you are. But more than that, I think a lot of people don't know that you're actually a smart guy, um, which always lends me to ask this question. What the fuck are you doing in wrestling? That's one. But then two, um, um, I just think you have really great insight. So, guys, I'm just going to throw a category out and then um, give you a little time to think about it. Mm. And then I want to hear at least one name, but you can name more than one person. And I don't want you to just like, oh, God, if I forget somebody's name, they're going to be pissed. Fuck them. You, you know, you can vote for whoever you want to vote for down the line. This is just sort of getting names out there. So let's start with, um, I'm going to start with a hard one. Promotion of the year. Now, Larry, who won last year? Do you remember? You know, didn't Anarchy win last year? I believe Anarchy won last year. So with with that in mind, I guess a question to ask is, did Anarchy do enough to hold on to the title of promotion of the year? So, Larry, I'm putting you on the spot to give our guests a little time to marinate. Um, Who do you think, what do you think promotion of the year is? Southern Fried. Southern Fry. You didn't if even, I'm naming one, even hesitate. No. Mm-mm. If I'm just naming what is, what is your basis for what's your basis for Southern Fry? Quality of the shows, or just the overall vibe of cool, or the promotion that just seems like they're they're like they're going the best right now. What's the your overall what's your quality and excitement level? Show after show after show. The consistency mm-hmm. of of producing really good shows. That's 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 what I'd go by. Um, by the way, um, I, I meant to say this earlier. Rob Brodicker was supposed to be part of this panel, and he had a schedule conflict. However, he did send in his thoughts for the various promotions. That so I've got his, his, his here as well. What, what did Rod say? He list, Now, I asked him to give several for each category. Um, his number okay. one choice was Southern Fried. But he also listed um, Peach State Southern Legacy. Russell America, uh, and Anarchy. So he gave a, he gave a okay. bunch there, but it... got you. Um, see Nick promotion. I have to say, um, I had to say Southern fried. They've been the most consistent. Um, I, I left around, around June to do other things, but, from even from January to June and even onward, they deliver attendance, storyline, roster. You know, they really they really put in their all. 
and after and they yeah. and they and he rallied after the loss of Charles. So yeah, know, I kind of I got to get a nod to them. Logan Creed. <sighs> I gotta say Southern Fried man. Yeah, honestly. And I think I, I mean really... you've you've worked for them, you've worked for others. What's what's something that makes Southern Fried unique to you to your experience working there? I think I think it's the dedication of the fans that they have. You know, they mm. you've got fans they're are not only there every show, but they're invested in the stories being told, and they they follow them. I mean, they remember stuff that happens two to three years in the past. You know, and that's that's saying a lot when you can when yeah, you can is. captivate attention. And and keep them coming back, and and not only coming to the same people, but they're drawing in new people, and new fans, and those fans kind of filter from there out and follow their favorite guys to other promotions. So, but you know, I think it has, and I think Todd Sexton as as Booker is what has made it the most consistent and best show of the year. You know, I think Anarchy had a good hot start to the first of the year, and I think it slowed down yeah. a lot. Um, I think it'll pick back up at the end of the year, um, as it always does. As it always does. Mm-hmm. But right. I mean, it's more consistently and, and consistent about every show just being a, a high caliber show and high caliber matches is definitely Southern Fried. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna pick uh, whatever Ronnie Gossett's promoting. So I'm trying to fuck with you. Yeah, Southern Fried. Um, hey, Stephen. Before we move off that, I do I do want to mention Action. Um, that I would def, I would put Action right in there, except they've only run four shows and they're so new. But if you look at what they've accomplished in those four shows, they you know they're they've got buzz. Every show's been really good, and they're presenting something that's a little bit different than anybody else. So um, I got to put a plug in for them. Yeah, Larry. I was going to say. It's funny. It's mm-hmm. funny that mentioned that because you got you got some new promotions that are starting that are that have some really big ideas, you know, action yeah. being one of them, and then uh, the Southern Honor Show. You know, they've only run two shows, but the attention that it's getting and is is huge. You know, I don't mention them because I don't consider it. You know, t- it's not right yet because they haven't been right. around the entire year. This is only recently, but I think next year when this comes back around that there'll be a lot of new new names and, and you know, as far as promotions and bookers and, and things like that. And it's exciting. It's, I think it's good. I think it's refreshing to see. I, I, I love new promotions, and I love young energy. You know, like, I know some, some bookers around who are considered young guys aren't everybody's cup of tea, but, man, you need that kind of energy. You need that kind of voice. Um, I, I mean, as you know, whatever problems I have with Josh Wheeler or whatnot, um, AWE definitely made an impact when it was new. Um, it's always nice to see fresh matchups or people who just have different ideas of what they think wrestling can be. It's good. It's good to have that out there and to spark those debates. And now I'm going to spark a debate with a freaking hard one. I started us off with one that I knew we would all be in agreement on. Here's one that I think we might have wildly different ideas about. Show of the year. Ooh. Mm, that's tough. And so I'm going to talk for about 10 more seconds to give you guys the time to think about show of the year. So Jeez, show of seconds, the year. 
has not been a category for the entirety existence of the awards. That's right, right, Larry? It was actually Sacred Ground 3, which I'm proud to say <laughs> I had something to do with. Sacred Ground 3 was so freaking good that Larry was like, God, that's your show of the year, but there's no award for it. Fuck it. We're going to make that an award um, from here on in. Now, in past years, I always felt like it's, it's always shows that run sort of later in the year that have an advantage. And, you know, it's, it's, it's never been sort of a clean, easy victory. Is there anything in your guys' eyes that really stands out as far as show of the year? Now, Scenic City won last year, which caused a lot of controversy, which was great. Um, I don't think they're going to win this year. I don't even think they're going to get many votes at all this year. So now this is another wide open category. Um, I'm, Logan Creed, you've, chances are you're going to wrestle, you will have wrestled for all of the shows that are going to be up for nomination. So by your estimation, what was show of the year? Uh, um, That's tough, uh, I know. Yeah. It yeah. Is, um, <laughs> I mean, I've got, is, and you have to, I, try to, I was trying to think back today and try to remember everything <laughs> this happened this year. And, yeah. and that in itself is a task, but yeah. uh, I mean, I think it, I think it's going to have to be the Shindig show or either Hardcore Hell Twenty. And I say Hardcore Hell Twenty because that was you know they we sold out the arena, the Landmark Arena, um, yeah. and you know it was a it was a big time show. It was a twenty year anniversary, had a big time feel, had big time matches, um, and uh, and an unforgettable button. I mean, you know, when you got Brad Cash and you've got you know when you have that big of a way to go out show that matters, those those images matter. And definitely they did themselves justice in the history of the hardcore hells. So, yeah, I think those are good, two good choices. Um, see Nick, what do you think? Do you think it's either one of those and our um, hardcore hell or shindig? Hmm. I would have to go with, Hardcore hell, front run, uh, runner, um, mm. consistent, great show, top to bottom. Um, crowd was hot the entire night. Came off great on um, on TV, on, on fight. In addition to that, I'm going to throw kind of a curveball. It is a Southern Fries show, but yeah, it's one of our Thursday shows. It's um, Eyes of March. Oh. One main event featuring the one and only Logan Creed versus O'Shea Edwards. Nice. Larry. Yeah, Kurt Stallion versus Gunner, all that. Yeah, yeah, man. Larry, what do you think? Show of the year. Well, I've actually been, this one I've actually started been compiling, compiling a list as the year has gone on. And uh, the ones that I stand out in my mind that I was at, Hardcore Hell, 20. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. um, AWE O Lord, Shindig Five, oh, yes. Second Night of mm-hmm. SCI, and one I didn't see but watched on tape and loved was the um, action show from August, the August 17 show. Nice, 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 nice. I will defer only because I obviously I didn't see any of the shows live, so I'm not going to be that guy that's going to interject. Um, I heard, you know. I'm glad that um, 
sacred ground the last one went off so well. And, you know, according to the guys who wrestled on it, they thought it was the best sacred ground ever, which, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was going to say, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Please. But, no, but, sorry, you know, I'm, no. I'm, <laughs> um, cool. Awesome. All right, here's a weird one, and this is one that another one I think I need you guys' help with. Referee of the year. Let's just spot off the names real fast. Anybody who wants to chime in, referee of the year. Daryl Hall. Yeah. Uh, David Weekly. Oh. I got uh, Weekly and Hall on my list, and also I really like Owen Parker from Russell America. Yes, oh, does. Uh, Brodicker has Daryl, Owen, and Weekly also. Nice. Yeah. Owen's oh, it's Owen's nice to see new names, and it's nice to see somebody who won last year in there as well. Fantastic. All right, next one. Uh, tag team or group or stable? Oof. Who, who dares? Oh, Cult of Cash. Cult of Cash or Team Tag. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too soon. Cult of Cash or Team Tag. Awesome. Larry. I've got uh, Team Tag. You proved. Um, i got to put the hierarchy in there too. I'd put the Carnies in there, but they'd probably – it's so hard with teams that only wrestle here a few – you know, they, uh, a number of matches a year. Can you really count them, you know? Um, I also like Brock Enterprises. That's a tough one for me. That's, I mean, and you know what? That's a great thing because in years past, I'll just be honest as I usually am. Um, there haven't been ones that I was just like, oh yeah, that, you know, to me, you have to be somebody that the promotion is built around. If not angle, just somebody, just a group that's relied on that fucking, builds the heat, you know, that they're just important. And all the names that you guys are throwing out definitely qualify. Uh, all right. If I could throw in one other new number, uh, newcomer yes, team please. that uh, Rob had on his list was the alliance of uh, Romeo and Suave from Peach State. Oh, nice. Hmm. Yeah, Team Good Abs. I like it. So, all right. Here's, here's so one two more categories. Yeah, one, wait, one more thing. I want to throw in yeah, one please. more tag team that I feel that they're brand new, but they've really been growing, putting in a lot of work, and that's GP1C. Tell us about it. Tell us about it. I've seen the work, the consistent work they put in. Um, they're not the Anarchy Tag Team Champions or NCW Tag Titles for just that they happen to be there. They worked hard for it. I know they haven't, they haven't been in business for a long time, but they're showing that commitment and that passion. And from working with them backstage, they have a good attitude. They absorb knowledge. Listen, you don't always have that. And to see the work they put in, I gotta give them. I gotta. I gotta mention. Give them a nod. Did, did somebody say the heathens? Because I. I gotta say, like the heathens are. That's a name that I see pop up. All the time, and you know, people talking about you is is a factor in. So I'm going to say the heathens. I know Logan Creed is too modest to say it himself, <laughs> so I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say the heathens. All right, there's two categories that had 
guys that won it multiple times that were dead on locks. One was technical with Kyle Matthews, and the other is manager, manager of the year, Jeff G. Bailey. Both of those guys are not going to be up for those awards this year, which is shocking mm. and brutal and sort of a testament to how much things have changed. So th- your answer is twofold. One, who should be up for manager of the year and technical wrestler of the year? And two, and this is me being brutal and honest, will the winner this year, do they hold a candle to the multiple-time winner that the awards are likely going to be named after, meaning Kyle and Jeff G. Bailey? That's a mean question, and, but shit, it's one that I want to ask. So, so think about it. Who's, who are people up for manager of the year? Who are people up for technical and do they hold a candle to uh, Jeff and Kyle, respectively, in those categories? It's not to say that we shouldn't have the award or anything like that. I just want people's honest opinion on things. Does anybody want to start? I will. Um, yes. Manager. Please. I like uh, Ryan North at WrestleMerica. Um, mm. Dr. Brock. Logan Chase. I like, some, uh, I like Matthias Darkthorn, some of his work. Would any of them hold a candle to Jeff G. Bailey? Hell no. Um, no, I mean he's in the, he's in a different class. Yeah, he's the guy that you build your promotion around. Like the angles go through him. Like it's just you know, it's it's definitely the the passing of an era with Jeff G. Not doing it anymore. Um, technical, Larry. Do you have uh, names for technical? Yeah, yeah, I've got um, – here's one that I had and that uh, Rob had. Michael Stevens. Watch his work. Mm. Um, Tyson Dean, I have Joe Black on there, and I have Slim J on there. And um, in my opinion, if Slim J wins it, he absolutely is right there with Kyle. Gotcha. Yeah, Slim – I mean, you want to talk about a long time coming. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, Slim. Uh, see Nick, if you don't mind, manager, technical. Mm. Manager, I have to say, Dr. Brock, he's consistent in his work. Um, knows how to improv and things don't go go quite right. Just a true professional. Um, same with Logan Chase. Um, true professional for technician of the year. Uh, it's kind of a toss-up between Slim J and Joe Black. Mm. They have both been on non-stop, consistent, great performances. Um, here, here. They've obviously worked their asses off. Um, I can't think of two better people other than I might throw in a third and he's past winner, and that's Fred Yehi. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Just on that, the only reason – yeah, he has another one. Does he wrestle enough in Georgia to get the award? Because if he does, I mean, he's pretty tough to top Fred. Yeah. Logan, you work a lot of these guys. You work with a lot of these guys. Manager, technical. I'll start with technical only because I only have yeah. one name all about this, and that was Slim J. So I'm in agreement with, yeah. you know, Larry. Um, I think it's his time. And when you think about Kyle – who has won the award so many years? I don't, you know, he's he's right there, um, in line with him. So, mm-hmm. and uh, best manager, um, like Doctor Brock, 
And I think that goes back to what I was talking about Southern Pride earlier. He's a constant, and he draws so much heat every time he walks <laughs> out into the arena. And and that to me, that's what you know. That's what Jeff G. Bailey did. You know, he had that ability to control a crowd from the moment he you saw his face. You know, he didn't have to say a word, but then when he did, it was worse. So. Um, <laughs> Boy, he's gonna love hearing that, Logan. He's gonna love hearing that. Oh my God, Jeff. Not to mention how many times his name is mentioned. He's excited. Yeah, he's excited. I love Jeff. He, he's probably like for the time we met, and then the story you told me last year about uh, him talking about me in the in the night that I've gigged so bad at. Um, yeah. I, I yeah, like that's. I, you know, we we've had that that relationship, a really good relationship since then. But he, I love working with him. You know, he always he he makes any match that he's a part of when you're building to it that much bigger. You know, just by the way. And, you and I mean, it's it's very telling that Gunnar Miller picked Jeff. Like Gunnar Miller contacted Jeff. Like I need this. I need to learn from this guy. And again, it's just one of those things that separates Jeff from any manager we're talking about. I'm Doc Brock does a fine job. Does anybody sit under the learning tree with him? Probably not like they did with Jeff, you know? And so that it's, it's an almost an unfair comparison, but nonetheless, yeah. you know, they both yeah. do the same thing. It's going to be made. Uh, I'm going to throw out a couple of names because uh, obviously the names that you guys all threw out, I would agree with all of them. Uh, I'd say Matt Hankins does really good fucking manager work. Um, you know, it's really kind of what he's meant to do. I think he's a very good manager, and he's definitely kind of helping fill the unfillable vacuum at Anarchy, as far as a heel manager goes. And for technical, he's a guy that's perpetually up for this thing, and I just want to mention it, though I think it is Slim J, um, is Corey Hollis, uh, is a guy who I think does consistently great work. And now he's doing really great sort of gimmick work, character work, promos, and all that, too, but it shouldn't uh, distract from the fact that, at his heart, Corey Hollis is a phenomenal wrestler, and footnote, the first guy that I had worked Fred Yehi um, in Fred Yehi's first non-squash at the Masquerade, where I really was testing Fred to see if he could keep up with Corey Hollis. Larry, do you remember that match? I do not remember that match, but I... I, I do want to say, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned Hollis because his his role this year is to be non-technical. So it's so because right. otherwise he would be in the category. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, we're running a little low on time, so we'll just blaze through these next if you don't mind. So uh, male personality of the year. Now this is about gimmick work and that kind of thing, right? Who 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 gets by on the charisma and the showmanship of it, right? And mm. female performer of the year. So male performer of the year as far as gimmick work and then overall female personality. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that there's a number of names you could think of, and then the debate would be, do they qualify? Do they work enough in Georgia to qualify? I'm thinking of people like Priscilla Kelly, right? Or Kiara Hogan. Do they qualify... I don't know. That's up to you to debate for um, and mention. Anybody want to throw them out there? Male performer and or female personality of the year. On male, I'd have Hollis first and foremost. 
uh, got to put on their um, AC Mac, Drew Blood, Simon Sermon with the the, the other guy, and Sal Renaro. I mean, it's other folks that come to mind for me. Yeah. Any other names for you guys? Or, you know, you want to talk about those names that Larry just mentioned? I have to agree with AC Mack, the male performer. He's really coming to his own. Hardly anyone can compare when it comes to drawing heat, keeping the crowd interested, hating him. It's a great guy. Um, great guy to hate. But for female performer, um, I would have to say, especially after her trip from Japan, she's really putting a lot of work, Aja Pereira. Yeah. So consistent. Work is getting crisper by the moment. Um, as well, alien character gimmick down. Just tight. It resonates with people in the crowd. They get into it. I think, you know, she should get the nod this year. All right. Logan. Uh, performer of the year, the only reason I wouldn't say Corey is because I'm putting Corey all as, as overall, just kind of what Larry said. He's he's kind of doing everything right now. Right. And uh, so as far as the best male performer, I would definitely say AC Mack or Sauronara. Mm. I'm going to um, throw this name out there just to have his name out there, but Ashton Starr to me perpetually is did, does such a great job. But yeah. he's getting to the point where can you even call him a Georgia guy soon, you know? He's really getting out there. Female personalities, though, we haven't really talked about them. I think Brooklyn Creed, for the time that she was able to do it, um, had improved leaps and bounds. And, I mean, I was seeing her name everywhere. So that's awesome. Um, other female personalities? I'd put uh, Har- Har- Harlow O'Hara on there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Rob also had Aja Pereira and Danny Jordan. And Nina Monet on his list. Yes. Oh, yeah. Another Nina great Monet. one. Cult of Cash member. Yes. All right. I'm going to say this category. Um, I've been sort of petitioning, I might as well put it out there, to drop announcer of the year. It's kind of a useless category at this point, though I could probably be talked into a commentator of the year at some point if people continue to do consistent good work. But a category that I want added that I think we are going to add is trainer of the year. I think that's become so important. And there's any number of guys who are training the guys that are doing everybody's shows right now. So who's trainer of the year? Is it AR Fox? Is it Robert Gibson? Um, there's any number of guys who have opened schools and are cranking out the students or training guys that are getting sort of retrained and their careers are finding new life. Who's the trainer that you see out there that has the biggest influence on the guys uh, for the shows that you're on right now? Anybody, please. I'll start. Yeah, I'll start with this one. Uh, definitely A.R. Fox or Q.T. Marshall. The first two yeah. come to mind. Every show that you know, that runs now in the state, the majority of the locker room is made up of students that come from one of those two places. Um, and and they're not just hands. They're We're talking about good, you know, quality wrestlers. So I think it says a lot. And it, 
I mean, I would go and train at uh, Good Brothers just because it's close mm-hmm. to where I'm at. And, and Tyson, Tyson's training guys there, and there's there's people coming out there. But, you know, it, it just really got started, and, it's you know, it's just getting going. But, you know, QT's got a facility that's out of this world mm-hmm. and, and developing guys and, and giving guys opportunities at Ring of Honor and on NXT. So, you know, any anybody who comes to me or writes me or sends me a message, because, you know, you get them 10 or 20 times a day from people who want to be a wrestler, they want you to train them to be a wrestler. I send them to to those two places. I always say the same two. I tell them to go to to Fox's school. Or I tell them to go to QT school. So yeah. Uh, see Nick, what do you think? Mm, one, I'm gonna be kind of biased on, but it's also from just observation too. Um, I had to say one thought power factor: QT Marshall, um, Ray Lloyd, aka Glacier. Um, yeah, they really get you ready for not only independent wrestling shows, but eventually get you ready for you know be TV ready. Yeah, that's um, which important I think too. Is Absolutely, vastly important. And um, then, and that I'm a huge Tyson Dean fan always have been. I love the Good Brothers Dojo. I love the men and women are training there. They're really put in work. Um. And for me, as a lot of people know, I look at professionalism. I look at etiquette. I'm always watching because I try to get people booked on other shows. And I've seen, you know, I've seen some great things to them. They have good heads on their shoulders, and they're really helping their students along the way. And I definitely vouch for Good Brothers Dojo and One Fall. All right. Larry. I'm with uh, C. Nick and Logan, um, Air Fox, QT. Um, they're tops. I like I like Good Brothers. I think face to face is coming along, but they've got good trainers there, but they haven't really produced the students yet that are going anywhere yet. Um, so yeah, but I'm I'm with I'm with the other guys on the panel. So guys, this has been wonderful. Obviously, there's a lot of people um, that can go up for each category. There isn't sort of a lame duck category this year, in my opinion. Um, oh, shit. Last one. Most improved, real quick. Well, most improved. Everybody throw out at least one name. Air Horse Josie Quinn. Yeah. Mm. Cody Vance. Alan Angels. I'm sorry, Logan, who did you say? Cody Vance. Mm, yes. He, Larry. You know, I, and, and he's going to be most improved, and I think it, in a year's time, he's going to be out of Georgia. So. <laughs> yeah. O'Shea. O'Shea Edwards. I agree with that one, Larry. That, he's on my list, too. O'Shea's had a good year. There's been there's been so many number of guys. Hey, we didn't we didn't hit overall wrestlers, though, Steve, did we? Oh, we sure did not. I got mine. I'm going to save mine for last. I haven't chimed in on the ones that I'm less familiar with, but this one I have a strong opinion. So I'll start with you, Logan Creed, wrestler of the year. Who the hell is it? I'm actually uh, I'm going to pick Corey Hollis. Mm. See Nick, who's the wrestler of the year? Slim J. Oh, can't narrow it to one yet. I got Slim, Billy Buck. Logan Creed. I got Logan Creed, and I also have 
Logan Creed. Fuck you, just Logan Creed. I just, <laughs> I just, um, that's mine. Like, I, I feel so strongly about Logan Creed, and that's another reason I wanted him on, that I'm, um, I'm contemplating breaking my own personal rule about not voting. I don't vote because um, I just feel like it's not fair. Um, but, shit, I might, just to make sure Logan Creed gets in. I just, I just think he deserves it. Um, as you can hear, um, people who are listening, those ballots are going to go out hopefully relatively soon. The first wave of them, Larry, correct me if I'm wrong, it's your chance to put up people for nomination. So that's when you want to get in. You can put more than one name and get those nominees in. Then we'll narrow it down to the top three or five, depending on the category. Uh, and then we'll send ballots out with those three to five nominees, and then you vote accordingly. So it's important if you think somebody deserves recognition to get them in on the nominee level, and then obviously get your vote in because we've had ties. We've had wrestler of the year come down to one vote. Like your vote sincerely counts. And again, it's the only award for Georgia wrestlers and wrestling personalities that matter because it's voted on by your peers, people who are actually in the wrestling business plus Chris Nelms. So please get your nominees in and then get your votes in. Uh, Let's kick that off right now. Any last words or thoughts, guys? No, go ahead. What's that? I'll come back. No, I was just going to say, you can kick it off right now as far as, because since Brian Brian Slack is out of action on the nominees, you can send those to my Facebook page or to LAGoodmanUS at at, uh, Yahoo.com. If if you're in the wrestling uh, community in Georgia and you want to go ahead and send them the nominations, you can send it to either one of those two places. You know what I love? I love that Larry right there almost said AOL.com. Then he recovered and said, I'm not some lame old guy that's got AOL. I've got Yahoo. Nice recovery there, Larry. Yeah, but I do have AOL, too. So. <laughs> Earthlink. Or, or email Larry Earthlink. He got you. He got you. <laughs> guys, uh, any last thoughts before we go? Thank you so much, by the way, guys. No problem. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I did. Although I wasn't going to answer any Paul Lee questions, I answered them. Um, (laughs) So I want to have this final word real quick. Um, For everybody out there, at the Chip Smith Performance Systems Center, we have one fall wrestling. Road to Greatness Part 2. Great athletes, including Cody Vance, to be there. Alan Angels. Um, all crowned inaugural one fall heavyweight champion. In addition, Dev Nicole takes on under blonde. Um, then a grudge match, Nasty Leroy, QT Marshall. I gave Nasty what he wanted. He's got the match, but can he pull it off? Can he get the win? Got to be able to find out this Friday. I love a promo. I love a promo. Logan Creed, any last thoughts? Uh, guys, thanks for having me. Um, and I think, I think we've got a lot of growth in Georgia over over the last year as far as new talent and talent that's moving on and moving up. And so, it's, as always, it's just exciting. It's exciting to be a part of it. It's exciting to see the new faces and get to work with this awesome talent that, that we have that's coming out of the state now. 
I agree. Well, thank you guys for being on. This has been our sort of intro to the year-end awards. The end of the year is coming up quickly. You guys all have a happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you in a couple of weeks on The Tipping Point. Good night, everybody. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.